overwhelming, lady. <laughs> well, hopefully we've got all this out of the way. I labored for a long time to get this makeup just right, and now it is not just right. I'm Deb, and I'm in Al-Anon. And uh, first, I'd like to thank the committee for asking me. Um, I can honestly tell you that I've had um, more relaxed weekends than what I have had. Um, I kept telling myself that I'm really glad that they put me on Sunday morning because I'd have the whole weekend to absorb the weekend and, and get ready because we catch things through these. Uh, I don't know that I was here most of the weekend. I was a little bit getting to this point and a little preoccupied. I would also like to tell you that this is the second time I have shared my story. And uh, the first time there were not a near this many people <laughs> and uh, the program tells me that I will be okay and I'm hanging on to that with both hands right now I hope in the next few minutes I quit shaking <laughs> but um, I guess I would like to start out by telling you a little bit about where I came from and uh, since I'm not real seasoned at this, I don't know for sure just how these things go for sure. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic home. I know that today, and I can say that today because my father says he's alcoholic. I was the oldest of four children, and uh, we were raised on a ranch. Uh, man, this voice. Uh, we were raised in a ranch in uh, north central part of Nebraska and for that I am very grateful I have always enjoyed that way of life uh, it's important to it was important to me then and, it, and it's important to me today because today um, my husband and I still do have a operating ranch and uh, I enjoy that very very much when I was growing up, I remember, the biggest things I remember were there was an awful lot of silence. Um, the folks fought a lot, and uh, then there was just lots and lots of silence for weeks at a time. And uh, I need not tell you that that was something that I picked up and learned real quick because that's how we do things, you know. I, I think um, I was taught by example. And uh, so I, all, I carried that into my later life. Uh, I carried that into my marriage. I can also tell you that it didn't work for me any better than it worked for them. And, uh, but that's how it was. Uh, I can also tell you that um, I, I was not uh, physically abused. I was not sexually abused, and for that I am very grateful. This program has um, given me the gratitude today to know that I don't have to experience all these things 
to still have a program. You know, I can be grateful and I can, you know, I can, I can appreciate what someone else has, has gone through and suffered in this program, but I can also be grateful that I did not have to go through those things, and I thank God for that. Um, looking back on it, I, I, um, I really feel that um, I was probably more affected by my mom than on uh, drinking spouse. Um, she, she, she was just angry and uh, there would just be so much silence and I remember different times we'd come home from school and she would not be home and there would never be any explanation for why she was not home. It's just she went to her sister's to visit for a while. Well, she would visit for three or four weeks, and, you know, I thought, well, what have we done? We must have done something wrong. I must have done something wrong for her to, to be able to leave like that and leave us behind. Today I understand that kind of thinking because I ran away a lot in my adult life. And uh, I understand today. And I don't have to blame her today. And I thank the program for that. It gave me forgiveness. Um, high school was, I don't know, that was a rough time for me, socially. You know, I just, um, I really just don't, I, I hear a lot of people say, gosh, I'd sure like to go back and, and go through high school again. Not me. It was, <laughs> it was a pretty rough time. Um, I just never felt that I fit in. And um, I knew at that time that I was different because my dad was, was an alcoholic. Prior to me getting into high school, he had stopped drinking. And um, he was dry for 20 years. I can tell you today, I didn't realize it at the time, but that's not a fun place to be either. There's a difference for me today between someone that is not drinking and someone that is, you know, working a program. And uh, I didn't realize that. So um, I have an awful lot of respect. Um, for all these people that quit drinking and work a program. Um, I attended one year of college in Torrington and then moved to Scotts Bluff where I met uh, my husband in 1977. And the comical thing here is... Uh, I was always attracted to these people with certain behaviors. Um, these people are exciting. I mean, they are big time exciting. Um, I could be around them and they would take me to a whole new level. It was, it was just unreal. And I have come to learn that I am addicted to that excitement. I like that excitement. 
because he could do things that I thought, my gosh, isn't that wonderful? Well, then the wonderful didn't stay wonderful, and we all know about that. But, um, and it was about this time when I met Bill that I knew right then and there that this was the man I was going to marry. It was also about that time where I learned about control and manipulation. <laughs> and uh, I need not tell you that he wasn't quite as high on the idea as I was, <laughs> that it wasn't um, him that needed changing. I was being very narrow-minded, and we used to have quite a few talks, and, and we called them attitude adjustment lectures. And... Um, it was getting my attitude right. And um, I can tell you that I am, I am not a real um, submissive person. Um, back me in a corner and you should know what you're getting into because I will not hunker down. I will come out fighting and I will do whatever I need to do and I will enjoy every minute of getting in your face. Because I can say things that cut real deep. And uh, today I've learned that I like me better if I don't do that. But there's still that side of me. And uh, that's okay too. You know, I, um, I also feel that I was given an opinion. And it's okay to have an opinion. It's how I present that opinion and uh, that's what always got me confused see was how I presented it and, and who needed to hear it and uh, it usually was everyone else and it wasn't me and uh, I've come a long way baby I can tell you on that one uh, Bill and I did get married and I have three stepkids and I love them dearly um I wished I could begin to tell you how much they've given me. They've taught me patience. They've taught me acceptance. And they've taught me love. And, uh, man, how long is this going on? I should be over this now. Um, but I am very grateful for those kids today. Um, I can tell you in all sincerity that just because their father's alcoholic they were affected just as much by me because I turned into the woman just like my mother I didn't talk if I did talk one minute I was okay the next minute I was crying and the next minute I was screaming at the top of my lungs now this is not normal I mean um in my world this is not normal I understand this is normal in alcoholic situations but um, I've often thought back what did these kids think of you know when I'm just bouncing off the walls you know and they never knew from one minute or another whether or not that I would be there for them or whether I wouldn't sad thing is I didn't know if I could be there for them or not myself 
Um, I know it was about in this time when the drinking really started to be a problem for me. Um, he wasn't conforming at all to what I thought was the way he should act. And uh, I started drawing my little lines in the sand of this is how it will be. And uh, some of those I could follow through on and some of them I couldn't because I was great at making idle threats. Uh, I have a way of saying things very forcefully that would make you think I knew what I was talking about. And um, I remember one time in particular, at, by this time the kids had moved to Denver and um, once a month, one weekend a month, we, we went to Denver and picked them up and drove home. And Denver is about a four hour drive from uh, Scotts Bluff. And he was busy at the office, and I thought, well, I will just help him out here. I will make the trip to Denver, and then when he gets home from work, me and the kids will be home, and we can have the weekend together. And uh, we got home, and he was not home, and he didn't come home for quite a while. And when he did come home, he was drunk. And I did not take very highly of that, because the martyr thing was a really big thing with me you know I do all these things for you so I had made the ultimate sacrifice and I had driven clear to Denver to get these kids that are not even mine <laughs> and he comes home drunk and uh, I at that time I had moments there where I was kind of coherent at times and I said to him I said that will be the last time I drive to Denver and get the kids they are not coming to see me they're coming to see you and if you want to see your kids you will drive to Denver and get the kids that was the one time I said something that I can honestly remember and I carried it out I don't know how it happened but uh, <laughs> I never did make another trip to Denver and for that I am grateful um, shortly after that we uh, went to treatment <coughs> and he went down about a week before I did and, and it was suggested that uh, I come down and go through the family program and uh, looking back I can honestly say that alcohol probably wasn't a real big problem at that time because see I didn't know things were going to get worse before they got better and so I went because I thought, well, he has this problem, so I need to go. And so I was there for three weeks, and he was there for four. And the ironic thing is, when they cut us loose from that deal, that is an intense thing, I'm telling you. Um, it was our anniversary, our second anniversary. And I was just wild about this. I thought, what a wonderful start we're going to have. Today is our second anniversary, and... We're starting out all brand new. They, I'll never forget when I walked into my counselor when I was down there. She said, well, why are you here? And I said, I want you to teach me how to get along with my husband. And she looked at me and she laughed and she said, oh, honey, that's so nice. She said, um, 
She said, but what about you? I'm fine. I don't really like that word fine anymore. Um, because so many times I was not fine, but I told you I was fine because that's what I thought you wanted to hear. And you would like me if I was fine. You wouldn't like me if I was a total wreck. And uh, so I started hearing a few things. And the only thing I really heard in, and when I left there was I needed to go to Al-Anon. Holy cow, this is great. I'll go because the easiest thing for me to do is do what you tell me to do. Then I don't have to be responsible. I don't have to figure anything out for myself. And if it goes wrong, I can blame you. So I uh, went back to Scotts Bluff. I attended 14 months of Al-Anon. About this time, we moved to the ranch. His folks were starting to retire, and we moved to the ranch. And uh, I thought, well, gosh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good after 14 months in here, you know. Um, a lot of the anger's gone, and people are liking me. And I'm thinking, well, th this is okay. I can, I can go to the ranch. I'll be all right. Well, the first thing that happened is I quit going to meetings. Um... We laugh in our meetings about those of us who graduate. I'm here to tell you that, yes, I graduated. I'm also here to tell you that I am back because I never graduated. I will never graduate. And that's kind of nice because I don't have to figure out when I learned all I need to learn. I just know that I have to keep coming back. And uh, we had sobriety for five or six years at that time. No. We had a non-drinking alcoholic for five or six years because I kept trying to impress upon him how he needed to go to AA because I had heard them tell him that. And as I remember it, he went to a couple meetings and I was so excited when he came home and I'd say, well, how was it? I don't need to go and listen to someone cry baby around about all the bad things that have happened in their life, I don't need that. I thought, oh my God. I kept going to meetings. That was the other thing that I have no idea why I kept going, but, you know, at that time, I did. And then, we, like I say, we moved to the ranch, and, and then I got well, and so I didn't need to come back to you anymore. And during this time, a lot of crazy things happened in my world. Uh, we made some other business uh, choices and uh, he went back and opened up another accounting office and I stayed at the ranch with the cattle and that's where I wanted to be because I liked being there and see I was going to be so cool because see I could handle it then and he needed me and I could prove to him that he needed me. Things got really, really crazy. Um, looking back, I understand what happened. It was I learned all about isolation. 
I have heard alcoholics share about how personal hygiene goes and how they isolate. And I don't think they have anything over on me there at all because I would go 35, 40 days at a time and not go to town. I would go five or six days and not take a bath. It never occurred to me that all I needed to do was be around people. But that, that never occurred to me. I'm glad I know that today. Um, that went on for about four years. I was at the ranch and he was in town at the accounting office. And during that four years, the drinking began again. And that is one thing I said when I got out of treatment. That was another one of those little lines in the sand that I drew. I will not live through this again. Well, I'm here to tell you that I did live through it again. And the drinking did start. The only difference this time was I got crazier. And uh, I ran away a lot during this time. I'd never say nothing to him. I'd, I'd think, well, I will show him. I will show him what this is like to have to be here all by himself. It's a little ironic that I'm standing here in Gillette today because a lot of the times that I ran away, I ran here. Because this is where Chris was. And it was safe here. And I was away from you. I'll never forget, I ran up here one time. And I, every time I left, I was never coming back. I didn't know that you could change your mind about these things. But I, every time I got in that car, and I headed down the road, this was it. This was the last straw, and I was not coming back, and I would not put up with this. And uh, I came up here one weekend, and well, and I, it was longer than that. I'd been up here a week or so, and, and he did not know where I was, and finally he tracked me down, and he, he called me, and he said, uh, well, when are you coming home? Well, I'm not coming home. Well, Mom and Dad's 50th wedding anniversary is coming up. <laughs> and you have worked so hard to, to uh, plan this um, banquet thing for them. How could you do this to Mom and Dad? My God, how could I do that to them? There, it was never another thought. I throwed those bags in the car just as fast as when I threw them in when I left. I was going home. That, that was the most logical thing to do. Why, you can't, why, you can't do that? I'm telling you, I throwed suitcases in and out of cars more times, I'm telling you. And, and I was okay if he would only quit drinking. See, I wouldn't have to keep throwing suitcases in and out of the damn car. But I continued to throw them in and out of the car many times. 
Things started um, progressing. Um, there was a lot more drinking. There was a lot longer drinking. And uh, I'm getting goofier by the minute, and I don't know it. And through all this, I never even considered going back to Al-Anon. That never entered my mind. That amazes me today. That totally amazes me today. About this time, my folks started having problems, and uh, Mom called us kids, and she said, I think you, need, you kids need to come home. She said, I think we need to do something with Dad. And Dad had started drinking pretty heavily at that time. And the only thing I thought was, well, I can go back there and I can help them. And I look back and I think, my God, how overwhelmed that man must have been. He didn't know we were coming. Chris is in Gillette. I'm in Scotts Bluff. My brother's in Sydney and my other sister's in Chicago. And home we went. And uh, we walked into that house. They had not been speaking to one another for 30 days. I need not tell you how heavy the air was in there. And I thought, my God, what is are we getting into here you know and it was a pretty intense weekend there were a lot of tears and uh, there was a lot of anger in it that weekend and finally he decided he would come back with Chris and I to Scotts Bluff and check himself in uh, to treatment I thought that the two days preceding that were pretty tough the toughest part was when we had to leave him there I knew that's where he needed to be but I saw fear in his eyes that I, I can't describe and I thought, what have we done to him? <laughs> I felt so guilty, like I had done something wrong. And uh, I felt it was for the best. Today I know he stayed because he wanted to stay. I can also tell you that uh, in August of this year, he, he celebrated four years of sobriety he goes to AA he's active in service and I am very very proud of him today my mom does not tend Al-Anon she doesn't need it that's fine after I got in this program I called on my soapbox every chance I could to try to impress upon her how she needed to be in Al-Anon. And uh, the miracle of these programs is that she's getting it whether she knows it or not. <laughs> and the ironic thing, while my folks were at treatment, she even came out and went uh, through the uh, 
family care part of it. And they were at Scott's Bluff for four weeks. And during this time, Bill did not drink. And I thought, my gosh, this is great. We're all getting it. Dad went to treatment. Bill quit drinking. Everybody's starting to get happy again. We're going to be okay. Like I say, they were, they were there for five weeks. The dust hadn't even settled on the road. And he came home so damn drunk, I couldn't believe it. I thought, what happened here? What went wrong? I heard him sharing. We were sharing with another couple in the program one time. And I heard um, that other alcoholic say to him, My God, that must have been the worst five years of, or five weeks of your life. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. If you can go for five weeks, God, you, you're doing all right. Today, I know it doesn't make any difference. You know, it's, it's untreated. And so I'm sure he didn't feel good. It was about that time that I ran away again because things got entirely unmanageable. Well, he got unmanageable. And, uh, and I would show him one more time. And so I left. And he called and he called. Are you coming home? No, by, by God, this is it. I'm not coming home this time. I often wondered if I ever would have come home this time, but I had booked plane tickets to see my sister in Chicago, and I booked them out of Scott's Bluff. So, hell, I had to come back and catch the plane to go see her. In the meantime, he had found AA. And the last week that I was gone, he called, and he was all excited. He said, Deb, I'm going to AA, and I've got a sponsor. And he said, I'm going to meetings. Come home. I didn't care. I didn't care. And so when I got home, he says to me, I think there's this gal you should call. She goes to Al-Anon. I said, I don't need Al-Anon. I said, where were you when we got out of treatment? And I went and you, were t you couldn't go. I said, this is your problem now. And so I flew to Chicago and I came back. And he said, I think you should call that gal. And I thought, this is when my jaw started becoming real set. Because I thought, well, I will call her. That will shut him up. And so I called her. And I will never forget that day. Because I, I had gotten really, really mixed up by this time. To the point where I would look out my windows up and down the road to see if a car was coming before I would walk outside and move my sprinklers because I thought they could tell that I was absolutely crazy by driving by. This was very, very real to me. Very real. And uh, took a long time to get the grass watered, I can tell you, at that rate. <laughs> So I went to see this gal, and I'll never forget this set of instructions she gave me to her house. I might as well have been going to downtown Denver because my brain could not process this whole thing. For the first time in my life, I was not together. 
I couldn't collect my thoughts. <coughs> Nothing made sense. <coughs> and I said, just give me the easiest directions. I mean the fewest corners, the fewest stops, the straightest line. And she says, Deb, I'm doing that. <laughs> and it did not sound straight, simple, or anything in my world. And somehow I got there. And I came home, and I'll never forget, Bill was all excited. Well, how was she? <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, she's a nice gal. I said, and I'm sure she's probably someone I will sit in meetings with. But I said, that's about as far as it'll go. I'm here to tell you, after a little over a year in the program, I asked her to be my sponsor. Shows how much I know. It was about eight months into the program and I had to run away one more time. I was getting really good at it this time. And I packed up my stuff and I left. <coughs> and to make a long story short, I was there and I bought furniture and I got a job and I just did it right because I definitely wasn't going home this time. I'm here to tell you that when we moved... Bill went back with me, and we moved my stuff back home. We took the pickup in the horse trailer this time because the only thing that I bought while I was back there was furniture, but I had packed so much stuff in my car this time that I had that horse trailer halfway to the roof and clear to the back, and the only thing new that was in there that wasn't in my car was a couch and a chair and a bed. I have no idea how I got all that stuff in that car. And uh, the important thing was that was the last time I have ever felt I had to run. <coughs> and I'm grateful because this program's teaching me how to stay and how to face these things. And it taught me a little bit more about forgiveness. The neat thing is, when I went back to Al-Anon, I walked in those doors and I saw a lot of the old faces that I had seen from when I had gone before. And I think it was nine or ten years before I got back. And in that nine or ten years, the clubhouse had moved three times and they move my coffee cup every single time. That is a little overwhelming. I think somebody knew that someday I'd be coming back. Thank God they kept moving that cup. And they loved me like I would, you know, like I'd never been gone. When I came in, I was so angry. I didn't have time for you. I didn't have time for anyone. Because I was so into self-pity, total anger. Matter of fact, when I walked into Al-Anon, I attended the first three meetings and sat there very smug, very together, because I thought, they can't chew my ass if I'm going. Everybody thought I needed to be there. So I thought, well, good, I'll go. I can put in an hour every week. It's no big deal. And then I won't have to hear about it anymore. 
I don't know what happened to me because then I kept going back and pretty soon I started listening. And today I can tell you that I go because that's what's best for me. I like me when I go. It took all the alcoholics in my life to get me there, but who cares? At least I got there, you know. And uh, I can't begin to tell you the miracles that have happened since I have uh, been attending the meetings. Uh, I have discovered this weekend I'm not afraid of people, but I'm sure afraid to tell you who I am. And I, I used to think it was you that I was afraid of. I know that isn't right today. Um, I've been given so many gifts. I, I feel a lot of gratitude today. I, I often get emotional when I have to talk about this program because of the things that it has done in my life. In spite of me, this program's changing me. And uh, I worked the steps. I decided here a few months ago that um, if it was good enough for the alcoholics to write these steps out, then it was good enough for me to write these steps out. I was in the program a little over three years when I decided that that's what I needed to do. I'm not clear through them. I, uh, I intend to get through them. I will get through them. And that makes me feel a part of. And it gets me to figure out who I am. And uh, some of these things are a little hard to look at because, see, I came in here thinking I knew what was best for you and uh, I was okay. Today I can honestly tell you that my best thinking got me here and uh, it took everything it took. It took running away umpteen times. But I had to run away every single time. And um, this last year has been um, unreal. And I think every year that goes by, it's not that the, the world's different. It's that I'm more aware than I was a year before. You know, I see things today that I didn't see a year ago. I see things today I didn't see six months ago. And um, in February, we lost a sister-in-law to cancer. And that was hard. I now understand when I sit in a meeting and somebody tells me how it hurts to lose someone. Today I understand. I didn't understand before. 
I could feel bad that you felt bad, but I didn't know what you felt. It was about that time that um, the program had given me enough confidence that um, me and two other gals decided to open up a flower and gift shop. And for that, I'm grateful. If it hadn't have been for this program, I, it would have been pretty comfortable to stay right where I am. And uh, today, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's great. You know, I, uh, I get to be around people. I'm forced to be around people, even people with different ideas than I do, and I don't accept different ideas real well. And I learn there. About three and a half weeks ago, a very good friend of ours in the program was killed in a hit-on car crash. And that was hard to let him go. Two days later, my father-in-law died of cancer. And I got to watch the miracle of Al-Anon and AA work in our lives. It's hard to let go of these people. And you walked me through it. The neat thing was I didn't feel that I had to take care of Bill. You boys, you, oh, excuse me, you AAs could take care of him just fine. I didn't, I was concerned for him and I was there for him the best I could be, but I didn't feel I had to fix him <coughs> or try to take his pain away. That's growth. And it's easy for me today to get on the phone and tell my fellow members of Al-Anon, I'm hurting, I need you. And that was an intense week, it really was. The neat thing is, I could stand here and tell you that I loved him. I had an opportunity to tell him I loved him before he died. There would have been a time when, when I couldn't have done that. I would have um, not said anything. And then after he was gone, beat me up because I hadn't taken the chance to tell him those things. And uh, I'm a different person for knowing him today. And I appreciate that. These really aren't <laughs> tears of sadness. I am so grateful for all the things that you have done for me. The greatest gift I think I've been given is I can look at you and I can tell you I love you and I can mean it. I don't have to tell you that because I think that's what you want to hear. I can look at my spouse today 
And it doesn't matter what God is here. I can look at him and I can say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're my husband. <laughs> That's growth for me because I couldn't do those things before. I was too proud. I was so right. I had all the answers, you know. One of the greatest freedoms is that I don't have to have the answers. I just have to be part of, see. And it still gets taken care of just fine. Today you've given me a God of my understanding. I was always aware that there was a God, but it wasn't a God you took with you every day. You know, we talk in the car. We talk in bathrooms. <laughs> you know. And uh, I carry a little um, medallion type thing. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of you in here that have attended Storm Mountain. It's a serenity weekend that... Uh, our group is uh, really big on, and uh, we attend every year in Rapid City. First year I went, I picked up one of these. It has um, let go and let God in one day at a time on one side, and it has a serenity prayer on the other side. And I have God with me all the time. And I have my hand in my pocket a lot of the time because I'm just... Uh, rubbing that and come on God help me help me you know and and I'm grateful for those things today you know I know that he's not going to judge me for all those things that I did all those things I said to my kids all the years Bill didn't know that his name was Bill he, he's not going to judge me for that <laughs> And uh, I am so grateful. I am very grateful that I can come and have an opportunity to grow with all of you this weekend. It's pretty overpowering stuff. Um, the 3rd of October, I celebrated my fourth Al-Anon birthday. And the first thing that went through my mind when I got the phone call was people four years in this program don't go to conferences and they don't share their story. I'm here to tell you that yes, they do. And I'm grateful for that because the program gave me the opportunity to do this. I'd like to thank um, the committee for asking me. I'm a I'm, I'm really glad I'm not Chris because um, Friday night I was sitting here and he said that he had 10 or 11 months that he had to think about this. I had two. That was plenty long. Uh, so I understand. I don't know how he did it. I, I couldn't have made it one day longer if I'd had to <laughs> rehash this talk over and over any more times. Um, but I would like to thank everyone from my home group which is uh, Tuesday night, Hope Al-Anon in Scotts Bluff, that came. There's also a few of our AAs from down there that are very special to me, and they're here. 
and uh, I know they came for me. And today I can appreciate those things. And uh, I'm so grateful that I had this opportunity to share with you today. I hope the next time we see one another, it's not all this crying, but apparently that's what I was supposed to do today. I don't know. But thank you very much for letting me grow with you today.